Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. We bring in the attitude that everything's fine. Or even if we come in and we say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. And yet that's not the language or the attitude of who we are when we leave this place. See, I believe that that breaks God's heart because God's kids are not acting like God's kids. Or perhaps someone who is not God's kid is trying to pretend to be God's kid. Beware the leaven of the Pharisee. It is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy breaks the heart of God, not only because of the false nature of our devotion, but because it can lead other people astray. If we claim to have a relationship with Jesus, it's important to remember to be genuine in our language and attitudes with God and in our relationships with other people. As we hear Jesus' warning through the teachings of Pastor David, It would be a good time to administer a heart check to be sure if what we believe is in keeping with the true love for the Word of God. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Warnings and Hypocrites. come in with self-serving attitudes, and literally they're willing to trample over one another just to get what they want. Maybe they don't do it in a physical trampling, but they come in with attitudes, hey, that's my seat you're sitting in. Have you ever been there? My, My grandparents bought that seat, and his name's on the back of it. That's my seat. How about, I can't believe that their coffee bar doesn't have lattes, you know, Now, wait a minute, this is a church. It's not a coffee bar. Oh, I wish they would sing that song. They never, ever sing that song, and that's my favorite song. Can't you get those kids to quiet down? Or, I love this one, the sermon is so long. (laughs) I actually read a post this weekend. Someone was talking about uh, a, uh, a particular Christian music group uh, or a a worship song and a response down the line says, yes, I I wish they would sing more and less preaching. And I thought, why are we there? Why are we there? We should come, yes, to worship the Lord and have times of entering into his presence, but that time of entering into his presence is to get our minds and our hearts prepared to receive from the word. The most important thing that we do on Sunday morning is to, again, be encouraged and strengthened in the word of God. Do we sometimes have absolutely overwhelming uh, uh, move of God's spirit during the worship and our hearts are just broken before it? Yes, and I love those things. But you know what? If we don't have the teaching and the preaching of the word, and I'm not just talking this church, I mean in any churches. If 
you don't have a solid teaching and preaching of the word, you go away with an emotional high, but no spiritual nourishment. We need to be careful. Why are we coming? Are we coming for an event? Or are we coming as devoted disciples and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's too easy to get caught up in the event and miss the Lord Jesus. These growing crowds were great, and it was great to have a great big crowd. But you know what? If they're not there for the right reason, then the crowd brings problems rather than blessings. The crowd brings then suddenly the, 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 these attitudes, these heart and mind uh, uh, sets that, that again, they, there's a lack of concern for brothers and sisters, there, there's lack of real desire of following Christ. We need to be careful. Along with the growing crowds that were there on that day, the, this antagonism of the Pharisees that were there that continued to grow. And we've spoken about the Pharisees a lot as we've gone through the book of Luke. Again, these were guys who were sticklers for the law, at least on the outside. When you look at them, they looked very, uh, uh, very godly, very religious. But on the inside, as we've said many times, they were filled with dead men's bones. They, they, they're now taking every chance that they can get to come and, and trip Jesus up to try and bring some accusation against him. They're listening, but not with a desire really to know the truth. They come again that they might have ammunition to fire back at the Lord as he's teaching the people. Their attitudes, their, their whispers, their false accusations, all of these things are going to have a major impact on these crowds of people people in just a few days. In just a few days, this multitude mass of people, the ones that are crowding around and trampling over one another right now, are going to be the very same ones that says, give us Barabbas, crucify Jesus. Now, I understand that many of them are still coming with the right heart, with the right desire. For, they're coming with the right reason. There, there is a, a desire to follow Christ in their lives. But there is a growing percentage of them that are coming, that not out of devotion, but out of entertainment. They want to find out, oh, is he going to do another miracle? Is he going to feed us again? Hey, I, I heard that he healed a, a lame man down the road, man. Maybe he's going to do that now. I haven't seen a lame man healed in a long time or ever. And so they're coming for the entertainment value. All of this is happening. The crowds are pushing in. And Jesus then says to his disciples, first of all, oh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Leaven, if you've studied your word very much at all, you know that both in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament, it's the word, it's our word, yeast. Ladies, you know what yeast is. Some of you men might know and understand what yeast is and what it does. You know that yeast, if it's placed in a particular environment, it begins to permeate the entire thing. It brings about a fermentation to it. And, and throughout the context of Scripture, there seems to be this emphasis on this its secret, its, its penetrating power, what yeast does. It is, again, in Scripture, uh, a synonym for sin. 
for sin in their lives. And it'll impact and it'll infect all that it comes in contact with. And this here is a warning of Jesus to his disciples. Not, not, not to the mass of multitudes. Luke is very clear to bring out the fact, no, he's speaking right to his disciples at this point in time. Was it the 12 or was it beyond the 12 to the 70 that he sent out in an earlier chapter or even beyond that? We don't know, but to his disciples, those that were true followers of Christ, he comes to them. He says, be careful, don't be infected by the teachings and the attitudes of the Pharisees. He had also warned them earlier, again, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Again, that whole idea, it's that doctrine, it's the teaching, it's the reality of who these Pharisees and who these Sadducees were. This spirit of religious superiority, that leaven of the Pharisees, it removes true devotion, it removes honest humility, and then it replaces it with what we spoke of last week, that facade, that facade that comes before you, that's not real, it's not true, it's what you want people to believe that you are. Because they've lost devotion with the Lord, because they've lost passion for the thing of the Lord, they build this facade that makes them look like they are real spiritual. Jesus calls it here hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? Well, it's the mannerisms of a hypocrite. That's that's the way a hypocrite lives. He lives in hypocrisy. The original word actually had a very positive connotation. You know, if you were a hypocrite years even prior to Jesus, that was a good thing. That meant that you were truly an actor on the stage. It would be much like somebody coming up and saying, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm a movie star, or I'm a television star, or I'm a stage performer. And we'd say, hey, that's that's great. That's a, what a cool profession that is. But then through the years, and by the time it came to the time of Jesus, It had that meaning of not being an actor on stage, but being an actor in life. So that you're pretending to be somebody that you are totally not. In the Greek theater, they'd often use those masks to portray uh, uh, one character or another. And that way, one actor, actually, he could portray multiple characters. You know, he brings out the smiley face, and then all of a sudden the frowny face, and then he brings out the evil guy. And so, you know, he can go through the whole play just with different masks on. And there are so many people today that live with a pocket full of masks. And we pull them out at the appropriate times. When we come to church, maybe we put on the Christian mask. Our language is filtered through that Christian mask. And no, we we speak Christianese very well. We speak it with the best of them. But as soon as we leave here, we take that mask off and we put on our other one. And then we can go and hang out in the world and the world doesn't see anything different because we've got the mask of the world. And maybe that mask isn't really a mask, but maybe that's really who we are because our devotion and our desire and passion for the Lord has been replaced long ago. Even in Jesus' day, this hypocrisy was so much. It it meant that they were pretenders, that they were insincere, that they were not authentic. They were only playing a role. And Jesus warned his disciples. He says, don't be like the Pharisees. Their lives were lives of hypocrisy. And he warned them about these false professions, especially when it compared to their inner lives. Jesus warned his disciples, don't 
profess one thing and live another. Beloved, I believe that that's a word for you and I even today. Warren Wearsby, I love what he says about this. He says, hypocrisy, like yeast, it brings very, it begins very small, but it grows quickly and quietly. And as it grows, it infects the whole person. Hypocrisy does to the ego what yeast does to bread dough. It puffs it up. It puffs it up. Then he says, soon pride takes over and the person's character deteriorates rapidly. He says the disciples might be tempted either to gain popularity by pleasing the crowds or avoid trouble by pleasing the scribes and the Pharisees. All of us want people to like us, and it seems such an easy thing to act the part that others want to see. You understand what he's saying? When you're hanging out with the good old boys, you've you got the good old boy attitude, mindset language, patterns. But then when you get with those that you know are believers, then suddenly you put on the the Christian attitude, the Christian mindset. Beloved, we need to be honest. We need to be honest with each other, but more than anything, we need to be honest with ourselves and with God because no mask hides the reality of who we are to God. God knows, God understands, and God sees. And I love what he says here. Soon, that pride that takes over in our lives and the person's character deteriorates rapidly. You see, when we start living a lie, our, our character starts disintegrating before us. And pretty soon, it's harder and harder and harder to pretend to be somebody that we're not because we're getting further and further away from the leading of God in our lives, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and again, the testimony of Christ through our lives. And we might believe that we're putting on a good facade, but believe me, the Lord knows and I believe that others start seeing that. And as I've shared with you before, you can fool me and we can fool each other, but we'll never fool God. Who are we in Christ? Are we the same in Christ today, sitting here in this place, as we were Friday night or last Thursday or this coming Tuesday at work or wherever it might be? Are we the same or do we switch masks and we come in with a different attitude. Maybe, maybe for you, you, you've come in hurting this morning and you've gone through a hellacious week. There's, there's been all kinds of uh, just uh, horrors that have happened in your life and so many battles that have been going on. But as soon as you hit the door, you put on the mask and when somebody says, hey, good to see you, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. Beloved, don't do that. If there's any place that you and I need to be honest. It's here with brothers and sisters in Christ. And if there's any place that we need to be gracious to one another in our struggles and in our, our problems, it's within the body of Christ, within the family of God. I'm looking around this morning. I don't see any of you that are immune to trouble. I, I, I don't see any of us that aren't probably going through stuff in our lives. 
Sometimes that stuff is very private and very personal. Sometimes it's within our family unit. Sometimes it's beyond the family with a work situation, a multitude of things that may be going on. But you know what? As long as we keep putting the masks in front of us, how do we know how to pray for each other? How do we know how to come alongside of each other? How do we know how to lift up those weary arms or strengthen those feeble knees if you come in and we bring in the attitude that everything's fine? Or even if we come in and we say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. And yet that's not the language or the attitude of who we are when we leave this place. See, I believe that that breaks God's heart because God's kids are not acting like God's kids. Or perhaps someone who is not God's kid is trying to pretend to be God's kid. Beware the leaven of the Pharisee. It is hypocrisy. In verse 2, Jesus continues his warnings. He says, there's nothing covered that will not be revealed. There's nothing hidden that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark is going to be heard in the light, and whatever is spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Fact is, is in the midst of all of our pretense, in the midst of the hypocrisy and the facades, there's going to come that day when all of it's going to be made clear. The masks are going to come down, the curtains are going to be open, and all that's false is going to be revealed. On one hand, I believe that he's talking about these Pharisees, telling his disciples, hey, don't worry about these guys because what they really are is going to be revealed one day. Who they really are, who they really are, are, are focused on, which is themselves, their, their own desires. All of that's going to be made known. Don't worry about those guys. But then on the other hand, I believe that he's talking also directly to his disciples when he says, don't live your life in hypocrisy. You need to understand It's all going to be brought out, whether in this life or the next. He says, man, one of these days, what you've spoken in the dark, it's, it's going to be heard in the light. What you've whispered in the ear in that inner room, that's going to be proclaimed on the housetops. In other words, there's soon going to be that reality that comes into our lives that we can't stand in that place of acting anymore. Our world will crumble apart. It will come to that point in time that, again, what we are, who we are, is going to be well known. The unfortunate thing is the leaven of the Pharisees, that it can, and in many ways, it's already affected many within the church today. It's way too easy for us to say one thing and live another. Facade of religion. And then pretty soon we start believing that's who we really are, when in reality, no, we're totally different and we are missing Christ. I believe, again, the warning for the disciples, be strong, but be honest. And when you stumble, when you fall, and again, as I look around the room, I don't see any of us that are immune for that either. When you stumble and when you fall, as I've shared with you before, fall forward. Fall into the arms of Jesus. Don't try and build a facade even before the Lord that says, hey, no, everything's great, everything's fine. I think we need to fall into his arms and say, Lord, I've blown it one more time. I've failed you one more time. 
have broken your heart one more time. But you know what? One thing I know, our God is a big God. He is more than able to receive our failings and to bring healing into our lives and to bring strength into our lives. I think we need to, again, be those that are willing to stand, stand firm, and stand right in the Lord. There's a warning here. Warning of the danger of being involved in this hypocritical assumption of religious character. I believe that I'm well within the context of the Scripture to tell you this this morning, and let me leave it with this. I don't believe that God is concerned about religious attitudes as well as he is concerned about your personal relationship with him. You see, religion carries with it all these other kind of trappings. I hope you understand what I'm saying here when I say that. Again, it, it, it goes back to what, when we speak of ritual and ceremony, uh, liturgies, all of these things that on the outside look so spiritual. And if our heart is right, then they are right. But if our heart is wrong, those rituals and those ceremonies, that liturgy does absolutely nothing. I don't care how much you give to what program, how many children you go and take at Compassion, or how much you give to the work of the church, or how many good deeds that you do outside. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that is in the process of growing and being maintained in that relationship, beloved, you're putting up a facade. You are living in hypocrisy because it's not the outside things that you do. It's the inner person. It's the inner reality. That in the darkness of night when you're all alone before God, that's who you are. That's who you truly are. I'm letting you in on a secret here. Don't let this go beyond just you and I, okay? There are hypocrites that attend Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. And sometimes I'm that one. And sometimes you are. I think every one of us at times, we do that. But the situation is, is we need to quickly understand that. We need to repent of that. We need to be honest. We need to be honest with one another. But more than anything, we need to be honest with our God. Who, while we were still sinners, loved us. Before we even knew him, he sent Christ to die for us. If he loved us then, how much more is his love desiring to be revealed into our hearts and lives now? Now that we say, Lord, I want to follow you. It's like the man whose son was, uh, uh, again, demon-possessed. And Jesus asked him, do you believe that I can heal your son? And what did the man say? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Some people might say, well, that's a negative confession. No, I believe that that's a true confession. I think that is a true confession. Lord, there's areas in my life that, man, I have great victory over. Lord, there's other areas in my life that, man, I stumble all the time in. Lord, help my unbelief. There's times, Lord, that I shine and I shine strong and bright for your glory. 
But there's other times, Lord, that in my thoughts or my attitudes, my actions, my responses perhaps to my spouse or to my children or to my employees or to the uh, waitress at the restaurant. Okay, now I'm preaching. Uh, whatever it might it, It's not of Christ. Lord, forgive me of those times. And Lord, make me strong in Christ. Fill me fresh and new with your spirit. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that The Open Word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word.